Thank you so much for tuning in to the Attacker and Lee Show. My name's Sam Mose. I'm with my good friend, Matt Garber. And today we want to talk to you about the topic of better versus different or different versus better. Which way is correct? Which way is better? I don't know. We're going to unpack it today. So, Matt, are you ready? I don't know if I'm ready because it's going to be better or if this episode is <laughs> going to be different. We shall see. I'm ready to roll. Let's Ooh, maybe that's 2020. We we were ready to roll. Ready to roll. Ooh, I like that. Maybe that's 2020. And I can get like a roller suitcase sound. It's still a suitcase. It's still my I like baggage. to see you make that noise with your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that was my... I think you're about to hock a loogie. Or... I know. That was my sound of... I was picturing a roller suitcase in an airport, uh, you know, kind of tracking along, scraping along or something. So I'll have to... I have, I have the rest of the year to figure out the sound. All right. We don't have a soundboard yet, but 2020 might reveal itself. <laughs> Ready to roll into it, Sam? I'm ready to roll into it. Four-wheel drive. <laughs> All right. Gosh, so bad. That's pretty damn corny. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Good. So when Sam and I were putting this episode together, and one of the many things that I enjoy about doing this podcast with Sam is just how like different we think mm-hmm. and how Sam comes from left field and I come from right field or it's just like it's just 100% different. So Sam's looking at this from a personal basis and I was kind of looking at this more from like a gear basis or like mid mastering basis like uh your auditioning gear or your A being like two EQs or two compressors. Do I like the SSL? Do I like the API 2500 on this? And you're going back and forth. And it's like, say maybe one is a new compressor. Like you just got the SSL. You've been using the 2500. And you're kind of thinking about going with the SSL. Are you choosing it because it is the better choice? Or are you choosing it because it's the new shiny different? Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how Sam and I are approaching this. And I'm very even more interested in meeting in the middle. So Sam, consider this as me teeing you up for your inevitable monologue (laughs) number one. Monologue number one. Buckle up. Here we go. So I actually think we will meet in the middle and we might meet in the middle sooner than we think because I think from the personal standpoint that we're essentially talking about the same thing, which is, you know, is it better or is it the shiny new thing? And better versus different to me i my observation of this in the industry is basically i feel like the industry has become obsessed or plagued with uh this idea of better and by that i mean like you know we debate is the plugin better is is the plugin better than the hardware is the plugin, you know, the UA audio plugin better than the Waves emulation? Is the AI better than the mastering engineer? Is this person better than this person? Does this person have more followers than this person? Is that better? You know, 
Do they have more subscribers? Does that make them better? Courses, credits. Mm. And because of all this, I my observation is that we have an industry that is now a machine that is basically traded in different for better, and better doesn't always mean that it's actually better. I feel that in this debate of better versus different, that the music industry itself and what I see a lot on the internet is we have basically lost, in my opinion, imagination, creativity, and we've traded in being different and traded in creating original art for the pursuit of better. And mm. for me, I I see it in, you know, Instagram. Who's got more followers? Credits. Who's got what credits? Do you have a Grammy? Are you nominated? Are you a Grammy winner? Are you a voting member? All these things we become obsessed with, even on Spotify, playlist counts. What playlists are you on? It's you can't just be on one. You gotta be on all top, you know, you gotta be on ten of them. You gotta be on the tropical summer one, and then you gotta be on the moody fall one. Like it's all <laughs> like who is better? And we're just we're tallying up all these things based on um to me, this is the overarching thing is people have sacrificed their uniqueness, their originality, their creativity and imagination to avoid criticism. So they're obsessed with being better instead of focusing on what makes them unique, which makes them different. And to me, that different and uniqueness is actually their trump card, which we've talked about before. But also, I truly believe that by being different, and by being different, I mean being you, and becoming, you know, who who you're supposed to be, doing what, um, you know, doing things how you want to do them, making music the way you think it sounds, you know, based on your upbringing and your experiences. I think that by doing all of that, by being different, that is actually the best way you can serve your clients because you're going to find clients that have those specific needs. And you cannot serve your clients until you have done the work of who am I? What am I trying to do? How do I do things? And what am I trying to present to people? And how can I serve and solve people's problems? So to me, you know, this idea of better versus different, when I think about better, I think that when you're going after better in the music industry from a personal standpoint, you're seeing, you know, can I have more followers than you? Can I get more playlist ads than you? Can I have more gear than you? Can I have more Grammy nominees than you? Can I have more placements than you? You're essentially playing this comparison game where you're chasing somebody else this whole time and you are robbing yourself. And I really believe just from my experience of someone who used to be, um, I used to be hyper compare, like competitive and comparing, you know, well, I have this piece of gear and they have these pieces of gear, so I need to buy those pieces of gear or they have this sort of studio and I only have this sort of studio. And basically what I feel like I've learned in a huge shift for me was finally sitting down and accepting that and this isn't like we're all unicorns or special, like entitled kids, but I really believe that each one of us, we're here to make something new and we're here to be different, but we are all so scared of what other people think and we're so scared of criticism that we avoid being different and we chase being better. 
and chasing being better is contextually moving, you're never going to be better because someone will always beat you because probably because they're being different, <laughs> which we can talk about on some level is whoever's being different is actually going to be better. Um, but I just, I really feel that when I watch people and I used to watch myself chase being better, the essential cost of that was I was compromising my own life, compromising my own wishes, my own desires. And I was trying to look like everybody else. And I was constantly competing against someone. And even that someone became this, and this is where social media to me is, um, can be difficult to accept is you start to just create this narrative of that everything you see becomes like this superhuman to me where you're not even comparing against one person. You just scrolled through, say, like 10 people's studios and now you're like, your head's like, oh, look at all 10 of those studios. I got to be all those. I got to be better than all of that. And it just, you're, you just find yourself, at least for me, I'm, I was competing against a fake person that didn't even matter. And so... Eventually, I was exhausted with this idea of better versus different, and I just had to lay down the desire to be better and start to actually just sit down and say, how am I actually different? Who do I want to be, and what do I need to do in this life to best serve people? And to wrap up my monologue one here, I would say you can do better by being different. I actually wrote that line down. Cheesy, but I like Mm. it. So that's, (laughs) yeah, cue music. Um, But that to me, like trombones, (laughs) that's pretty good. Um, You want to like sample that and like harmonize? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'll stack it later in Melodyne. (laughs) Um, But that to me is like my initial thoughts on better versus different. I think we have an industry that has become plagued with being better, this pursuit of, what is better, the plugin or the hardware, the playlist? How many playlists? Is the playlist even good enough? Does it have a million followers, two million followers? And I think we've just compromised a lot of our art and potential creativity and growth by chasing better instead of acknowledging that we're all different and we all have the potential to bring something to the table. And I think it's so heavily rooted in we are just willing to sacrifice all uniqueness, originality to avoid criticism right now. And I would love to see a revolution of people becoming who they want to be and being okay with that and being confident that the way anybody who's listening, like the way you write music, engineer music, mix music, master music, it doesn't matter if it's better. Like it doesn't matter if it's the different than the way Matt and I do it. I hope it is different than the way Matt and I do it because we need your art. We need you to be you. And I want to help create a community in the music industry that basically supports different and isn't obsessed with better. So monologue one done. Matt, thoughts, questions, concerns, pushback, go. I think that my first thought that I'm sure people are fast forwarding through until monologue number two. (laughs) (laughs) My first thought is I can't believe how incredibly dumb the comparison game is. Yes. I really didn't even know it existed (laughs) until like recently. If I see someone who has a lot of gear, I'm normally like, 
Huh. I wonder how they, like, run this through a chain or, like, what chain they use. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm just, like, thinking about other things. Like, huh, I wonder if... They, they have this that a lot of people have, but I know through past things that they've said that I've seen in comments, because I research like hell, and I'll read comments on stuff that I like. Like, I know that they mod stuff. I wonder how they modded this. I know that from what they've been putting out, because I research them, that I really like how their top end is, but I know this doesn't do this for that top end, so I wonder if he modded it there. <laughs> hmm. I wonder if there will ever be an opportunity that I can mentally set up for me to ask them if they modded that one piece of gear in that one frequency range. And I'm never right. <laughs> That's my comparison game. Like, it's not like, oh, I want that. It'd be like, huh, that'd be interesting. How would I work that into my chain? And it's like, I don't get caught up in it, and I don't really care about it. But stop doing the comparison thing. It's freaking retarded. It's stupid. <laughs> like, don't get caught up in it. If you are caught up in it currently, um, I, like the the biggest thing that I can say is literally just suffocate the hell out of it and work your way out of it. it it's it's completely unhealthy. It's I don't know. I've, I I I've seen it from from too many people, and the funny thing is, is that everyone is in this strive to be different. Mm-hmm. But if you're in this constant comparison game, then how are you ever going to be different if you're comparing? Because if you're comparing, you're just going to end up buying the same stuff and looking the exact same as somebody else. How is that different? How is that you setting yourself apart? I guess if you're trying to. I don't necessarily worry about being different. I just kind of look like, yeah, I like how the back sounds as a plug-in. Yeah, let's get the hardware. Let's just see what <laughs> let's just see what that does. And I like it. And it's really really close to the hardware. And while emulations are getting really close to the hardware and while they are really good, sometimes you're just able to take a a lot quicker of an approach and I I've noticed so like say like the the dangerous backs plug-in versus the dangerous backs um analog hardware gear I'm way 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 more conservative with the analog than I am with uh, the plug-in and I think it's because like in my mind I'm like am I tricking myself that I'm hearing something Mm -hmm. where it's like I'm actually with like the backs which sounds very very close to the real or to the to the plug-in it's like I'm actually hearing like relays click and um it's like maybe i don't hear anything okay let's slam it all the way to like plus three okay now minus three and like okay we're gonna we're gonna be it's like you can play with it it's tactile and it's like you're actually interacting with music i think it's if you take out the sonic element of vinyl i think and i was talking with a friend of mine today about this i think like one of the things that is keeping vinyl alive it's 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 a tactile way to interact with an artist mm-hmm. and to interact with music and to like connect with them over that and it's like ask somebody in 2007 2008 when was the last time they read liner notes and i'm pretty sure that was maybe the last time they used a cd or maybe way earlier than that um 
So that's like much like vinyl. That's kind of how I term analog gear, even if it does sound pretty close to the plugins. There's stuff that's like still like light years away, mm-hmm. and it's like some emulations. I'm pretty sure are like they're just mimicking the curves and trying to mimic the tone, which I do not buy into. And it's like, even like some clones of analog gear, it's like, if you have like an actual Poltec from the 1950s, and then you have a Poltec that's made with modern gear and modern equipment, and you have a Poltec that's a clone, like a warm, and then you have like a Stam clone of a Poltec, I think they have a, Poltec clone. Yeah, they do. And they and have you, like the mid range in it too. Yeah. And you listen to each and I, I think I think Poltec actually just had one that had a mid range and the original was just like yep. top and bottom. Yeah. Um correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's <clears> correct. But like if you listen to each one and you switch it between the Poltex with the exact same curve, there is a difference. Mm-hmm. And there is a different vibe. And like on the way less expensive stuff I don't know it's like are they just copying like the general curve and then just trying to get all their components on the cheap right I don't know so it's like on on the whole like different versus better it's like say that you've been using a Poltec in the box and then you buy like a warm audio Poltec or you buy just like an inexpensive Poltec and you're like, is this actually better than just staying in the box? And it's like, I've heard of Warm Audio Poltec. I'm, I actually do not care for them. Yeah. But it's like, I was at Vintage King a couple years ago, and they had an actual Poltec from the 1950s stacked on top of a Warm Audio Poltec, and you just, like, turn it on and play with the knobs of the old one, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is erotic. Yeah. <laughs> just about... And that is very much, that is better different. Right. <laughs> that is not better versus different. That is a better different. Right. Um, as opposed to like plug-in versus analog, it's like, mm, I, I, don't, I don't really know. And like to a degree, I don't always buy into that. But, I mean, that's kind of where I am. But once again, this is, this is, this is me talking about gear where you were, you were talking about personal. In terms of the par- comparison game, if you want to be different, then you need to stop looking at what other people are doing or at least stop caring. Yeah. I look at what other people do, and I'm like, I don't really know how that works. Or, huh, that's an interesting idea. I might try that, and then I won't try it. Yeah. And then I'll just figure something else out. And just, I don't know, just mess around till something works, and it's good. Nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> right. Nobody knows what they're doing. It's like, no one teaches you how to pay taxes. Your dad does that, or... Or the federal government will eventually teach you how to pay taxes. No one knows what they're doing. No one knows how to be a parent. Ask me if on day one of being a dad, if I knew how to be a dad. I had, like, my wife and I were, like, for the first two months staring at our kid being like, well, what the hell do we do with this thing? (laughs) It's, like, so completely daunting when you make the transition from being a married person to being a married person and now a parent mm-hmm. and roles change and roles shift and you're just like what the hell do we do with this and the, and luckily there's there's a lot of resources that you can reach out to when you become a parent who are willing to help you um, 
but yeah, that is a very, very different kind of different. <laughs> yeah, I like. I mean, I think with the gear thing, I feel our like baby's gear. <laughs> babies are gear. gear. Kids are gear. Maybe after a couple of years, and they can start mowing my lawn. <laughs> 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 then they so become funny. gear. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have. Kids. They're ta- they're, they're uh, tax incentives. That's right. You get like twenty five hundred bucks per kid. It's great. Is that better or different? <laughs> I might make a couple more. I don't know. I'll let you know. <laughs> Financially better or different? They're free to make. It's true. Not free to have. Our <laughs> <laughs> kids gear. Answer yes or no in the comments. Yes. Let us know for those that have kids. Right. <laughs> I'll stop my <laughs> rambling. I'll let you pick back up. Well, I just I'm wanna... taking this train too far on the other tracks. No, it's good. I wanted to. T- I mean, I wanted to talk about gear and everything because I think for me, you know, if we're talking about better or different, I have this idea when I approach gear. If I'm ever going to compare gear or compare work or something. Um, if we want to play the comparison game, if I'm shopping for a piece of gear, like do I want to buy the warm audio Poltec, the actual Poltec, a solid state Poltec, a vintage tube Poltec, or a tube tech version of Poltec? Like, I think for me, the most, one of the most important things for me is if I'm asking which is better, it may be because I don't know what I want yet or I don't know what the thing provides. So, I feel like when we're often saying like who is better, you know, for me I try to give it some context and some, you know, some texture of like okay, why do I care if this is better and what am I looking for? So like with gear when I'm shopping for gear, I usually go into it before I buy anything and this is what I recommend to people we when we've talked about gear is I have people all the time say what you know, I would like to get out of the box, what should I buy first? And my question is always like, you know, why do you even need to go out of the box? Like what is, what's lacking currently in your setup? And is there anything you can do currently with what you have to improve upon? If the answer is yes, you know, I could, I could uh, put more treatment up in my room or uh, I'm working fully in the box, but I think analog will be the solution to my vocals or something or, you know, that's the that's the sound I'm missing, and usually I'll you know I'll have people share their work with me and they'll ask me you know what do you think and if I'm realistic and this isn't um, you know we all start somewhere but a lot of the work I hear I'm like there's probably ten things you could change right now in the box about the way this sounds without having to go out of the box to make mm. to to hit the end goal you're you've described you're looking for, and so I think that's you know the question for me with with better is. Do you know what you actually want? Um, because in order to compare anything and for me to make any sort of actual, I'll say, good judgment is by putting out the question like, what do I actually want out of this? So if I was comparing all the Poltex together, I wouldn't even be looking at Poltex. And this is just my personal approach. So everybody's different. But And you have Poltex. And I have Poltex. <laughs> um, I would ask myself, and the reason, you know, you talk about Poltex, I have the original solid state Poltex because I, Matt and I talked about this, I already have like a mass passive tube, I have tubes in color, and I wanted something what I called clean, which Matt, I think, laughed at, that I called it clean. <laughs> I'm still laughing at it. But it's clean for me is some solid state Poltex that have, 
you know, vintage, the original transformers has the original API op amps, which API is not necessarily clean, but it's cleaner and more transparent and quick than tubes, which tubes to me are more, mm, I guess I'll describe it as beefy and kind of slow with transients. And they can sometimes, sometimes tubes can take punch away, but add to me kind of beef and depth and width, but that doesn't always mean that's the best fit. So what for me, like circle back to the Pultec thing, it's when I decided I wanted Pultecs, it was for a specific reason of I'd like to have another toolbox, a tool in my toolbox to best serve my clients. And so that's why I went with what I bought. And I also, I've heard the warm audio, I've heard TubeTech's version of Pultecs, and I've heard, I've, I mean, I've used them all of them. I've used original Pultecs that are the tube-based, and I just knew for me to best serve my clients and to get out the sound that is in my head to be me, to be unique, I wanted to buy the solid-state Pultecs that's mainly from the 50s. And there's some uh, NOS parts in it, so it's not completely original, which isn't unusual to have some replacement stuff, but it's pretty close. So... That to me is, if we're talking about better with gear, we're talking about better with plugins, I would suggest that you surround that conversation or comparison game with what do I actually need and what do I need to create what I want to best serve my clients from a business mastering standpoint or mixing or whatever you do in the industry. I would just ask the question, you know, what do I want to do? And what do I want to provide instead of which is better? I think if you go into a situation just going, yeah, let's just figure out which one is better, but you have no context to put the better into, you're just kind of wasting your time and basing it off of like a pro-con list essentially. And I think that's where I see a lot of people within the music industry or the gear debates or you know, is plug-in better than analog, it's like, or is this mix better than this mix? Or when people shoot out mastering with me, it, it seems to be happening more, and maybe it's just the level I'm at because people have a little more options. But it's, you know, whenever someone responds, hey, we went with this mastering engineer, which I need everyone to hear that sometimes people don't pick me, that's normal, or sometimes they don't pick me and then they come back to me for the next project because it's a better fit. Um, it's important to to me to investigate and figure out why did they pick someone else, you know, or figure out what was, you know, the better fit for them. So I think that's when I think about like my clients and everything, I'm always trying to figure out, am I the better fit for the client? And I can only use the term, am I better if I know why I'm different? Because the different uniqueness mm. to me defines if I am better for them based on what they've described. Um, and that to me helps clarify when I conduct my business and when I talk to clients, I had it today, I turned down a project because based on their end goal, I am not the better fit versus some other mastering engineer that they were shooting me out against. And I just felt like saying, and I did, I said, hey, Based on what you said, this is not 
what I do. This is not my uniqueness. You're asking me basically to do something I don't do. This doesn't mean I can't execute it really well, but I'm not going to do it because I think someone else who is obsessed with this type of genre that you've talked about is the better fit. And that I think is very freeing, but I also think it's a sign of, for me, it's like wisdom or clarity within my business of I know my lane. I know where I'm a good fit. I know that by being different means I'm just being true to myself and being realistic with what I can, you know, offer my clients and how I can best serve them. And Mm. I think in order to ask that question, what is better? Is this better? Who's better? I think it has to be surrounded by what do you want and what do you actually do? So that's my thought on like the, the gear kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's monologue number two in the bag. This won't be a monologue, but <laughs> when it comes to gear and do I buy the clone, do I buy the thing that's really close to the real thing, but still a clone, or do I buy the actual thing? I'm kind of like a gear masochist <laughs> and that like if I want like what's the Neve buzz compressor that like the original, the 2254? Yeah. It's like the original Neve buzz compressor, which I think there's a video out, where, either a video or an article where Rupert Neve actually is talking about him making it. Mm-hmm. And there was a company that approached him to make this buzz compressor uh, before he, I, I don't know, maybe licensed it under his name or was started using it. I don't know. Um, but essentially, they gave him three weeks to come up with a design and hmm. how to build it, which blows my mind that like something that just took him three weeks to design electrically and come up with a working model of like, I do R&D <laughs> for a company, and I do production for a company, and three weeks is not a lot of time. So that's really impressive. I think it's the 2254. Yeah. Well, if it was, do I want to get a stereo pair of those, which are like including power supply, like 10 to 12 grand? Right. Or do I want to get the, I think there's one that like the company that's just like called it Neve. Mm-hmm. I think it's called, I think it's the, I don't know how, to, I don't like, there's a certain way to like read the numbers. It's like 33609. Yep. Or, that's it. Is that, is that how you pronounce it? That's it. It's like, I think that one is trying to be or is a clone of or another company of Neve that is the 2254, same vibe, same everything. Yep. Um, but it's just that. Uh, and it's like substantially less, three times less, in fact. I'm looking at the price from Vintage King right now. Yeah. And you can buy 2254, a stereo pair with a power supply for... $12,800. And I normally, you normally see them around 10, but that's probably not with the power supply. Yeah. And then, or you can go to Neve for the 33609, which in theory is like a clone of that. Right. Under, I guess, the same guy's name. It's like me being the gear masochist, I would go with, no, I want the thing that's going to heat my room all year long. <laughs> <laughs> this will. The South Carolina will be the new, uh, lo- the new Tropic line, and yeah, it's 
I mean, having shit, man, having tubes in Charleston, <laughs> and it's like this like new very mu I have is like it's running pretty solid at 110 Fahrenheit. And it's just like baking the room. It's like I just have to like turn stuff off like during the day whenever I'm not using it and be like, okay, I'm going to work in two hours. I'm going to turn this stuff on. And everyone says like, oh, yeah, you only need like 15 minutes to warm up. It's like, no. It's like, well, technically that is true. I'm seeing that there are diff- there is different tonalities even before like like call it 30 minutes after it's been warmed up. To when, like, you give it, like, a night to warm up or something like that, mm-hmm. and the chassis is, like, pretty warm, there is a difference yeah. between, like, a warm chassis and a cold chassis, even after the, like, supposed warm-up time. So, it's, I, I get, I get anal retentive about this. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's the whole thing, is... Is that different or is that better? Right. Uh, for me to be like that. It's like, well, I just I just want to do that because that's what you're emulating and I would just rather just get the real thing. Right. So that's just that's just kind of who I am. And it's like I don't I don't really want to compare myself to somebody else. I just want to do me. And the the coolest thing is I remember reading a bunch about uh, Doug Sachs, and uh, he passed away a few years ago, but he ran the Mastering Lab, as I'm sure a lot of you know. And him and his brother, and I hope I'm getting this right, his brother's name is, I think, Sherwood Sachs. And they would make all the Mastering Lab's gear. And from what I understand, all of it was custom, and all of it was made by, from what I understand, Sherwood and I gotta, I gotta look this up probably in your monologue three to make sure I didn't butcher his name, um, but yeah, that's why nothing sounded like anything that like you you could never get close to what he was doing. Uh, at least if you were doing the same song, you'd complete you would have a, like a completely different take on it. Yeah, not just because like you're a different person, but because you could never get the same pieces of gear that. Doug was using because his right. brother made them all. So, just that stuff's just so awesome. So it's like I'm like, oh man, what can what can we make? And my buddy Angel and I were just constantly talking and pissing our money away on components. <laughs> and it's like I was making this little like transfer console, and I was like, oh man, these are the type of switches that I want. These are the type of plating on the contacts that I want. I want the toggle to not break contact before it's on the next contact so we don't have an audible pop. I want this and I want that. Going through part numbers of like specific toggle switches, being like, all right, $66 for one toggle switch. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, holy crap, and I need how many? It's like, okay, now we're going to go and we're going to buy, this is going to require uh, 35 feet of silver-coated wire. And it's like I buy so much, the company... Like, the guy who runs the company sends me a letter with my packaging saying, hey, you can just uh, g- give us a call next time you're going to place an order. And we work with, <laughs> we work with, like, they call us manufacturers. I'm like, I'm not a manufacturer. Uh, he's like, well, we'll definitely cut you a deal. So, you know, you have a problem when you buy too much of a certain <laughs> thing and the owner's like, yo, just let us know and we'll cut you a deal next time. So it was like $200 in silver-coated wire. And just like, it just, the little tiny things you just kind of get into. But 
I mean, that's my that's my little obsession. I'm not trying to be different. I'm just trying to do what I do. And I don't I don't I don't necessarily know what that is, but it's like who even cares? Like don't even care about the better versus different thing. Just if you be you, like because there is nobody else like you, don't listen to freaking Barney. And he's like, you are a special snowflake. You are this. And there's no one else ever created like you. While that is bullshit, and while everybody is relatively similar in terms of the emotions that we have, you as a human think differently about music, and no one else can have the same emotion as you when you're listening to music because if that if that song triggers a memory for you no one else is going to have that type of emotion if for some reason some random song if you're listening to umbop by hansen and something dramatic in your life happened and umbop by hansen was playing in the background in the 90s then you're going to have what is umbop a 90s song probably who cares <laughs> And it's like you're going to have a triggered emotion to that. I remember when I was in college, I was um, – there was this cigar store down the down the street and I became really good friends and they rolled their own cigars and they're everyone from the Dominican Republic. And I went there so much that I was talking to the owner who had to translate to the cigar roller um, – about a blend of tobacco that I was looking for. And so we ended up making like a cigar for me that I would give out. And it was, it was a kind of a cool arrangement. Um, but it, it had, and the reason why I wanted it is I had something like it that it was so interesting when I smoked it because it triggered this memory from back when I was a kid. And somehow it did that through taste, but is like automatically transported back to this old cabin that my mom's dad used to have in like the Allegheny Forest of Pennsylvania. Allegheny Mountains, Allegheny Forest, whatever. And I pretty much grew up there. We'd go up there, we'd shoot guns at, uh, what do you call it? Like shaving cream cans. And you'd watch them like go like squirt and squirm all over the place and stuff like that. And we'd launch fireworks. And it's like, like, as soon as you were out of diapers in the family, it was a rule. You went up there and you just hung with the guys. And that was just how we were raised. And there was this fireplace and these massive chairs in front of the fireplace. And the place had no heating. It was run off of the fireplace. And for some reason, that cigar took me back to being a kid sitting in front of that fireplace. And all the sights, all the sounds, like the hot fireplace and the insanely cold house in the fall. And um, that's what I like about not caring about what other people chase after because you can't have those types of experiences when you're living vicariously through somebody else's life. Mm -hmm. So don't even care about being better or being different. There's a whole saying in business, like, if you go into business to put somebody else out of business, that person should dig two graves. <laughs> so, there's, there, there's, there's no point in even doing that. Don't even worry about being different. Because if you're just doing what you're doing, it's going to end up being different. Mm-hmm. Whether, and that, that might be good, that might be bad. But, 
it'll be you and it'll be unique to you. And you'll hone that and you'll get really good at what you do if you're not practicing all these other things. I was talking to somebody last night saying, yo, you're doing a lot of things. You just need to like be good at like one or two things in life. And it's amazing how good you can get and then how in demand you will be because you are not the jack of all trades, master of none. You are like the master of one or two. Mm-hmm. And I think Ron Swanson had a quote, don't whole ass two things, half or don't half ass don't half ass two things, whole ass one thing. <laughs> so play by that mantra. Um but yeah, I don't even worry about being better or being different. I just I don't even really worry. I just want to be me and I want right. to invest in my clients and typically then they be they end up being return customers reinvesting into you and then you have something very novel called a relationship <laughs> form out of that. When you're trying to be somebody else, you can't have a relationship form out of that because you don't know how that person would act in a relationship. So just worry about being you and being authentic you and screw the comparison game. So, yeah. I love it. I think that's all. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's the end of this road. Like there is a dead end <laughs> sign here with a like a graveyard past that and the headstone <laughs> says Matt Garber. So if I break on through this barrier, I'm just going to keep digging. I'm just going to drive into a hole. And I'm right it. up to the sign. I love it. I think so, I mean I think what you're saying is spot on of you know, being different is just being yourself and that's what I try to help people understand is I've I've often told people that what comes naturally to you, we often dismiss because it's easy. And we think, well, this can't be that special because it's easy for me. I think about this so much ever since you first said it. (laughs) And I don't know. I honestly, I can't remember where I heard it from. I'm positive. I didn't create this, but I really, I think about this all the time. And I, I don't know if I created the language to it, but I really it changed my life when I realized that what I do um, naturally is actually probably the thing that I'm best at. And I used to discount a lot of the things that I did naturally in my life because I assumed if it was easy for me, it must not be special, it must not be unique, so everyone else must be able to do this. And I think I had this realization and why I got into mastering, which we've talked about it before, was people kept affirming my mastering over and over again that this was, you know, oh, this is great. Oh, you've only been mastering for a year, two years, three years. This is better than so-and-so. You know, once again, talking about better. Was it better or different? Not sure. That's on them to decide. Um, But I remember dismissing it because I felt like what I was doing was so natural and just I was interpreting what I thought mastering was you know, almost out of a naiveness back then of, I don't really know. I watched a few people do some things. I read some things. And then this is how I am going to filter that through my lens. And here's a master. And people are like, oh, this is awesome. And then that kind of evolved into um, me finally. And that's what I had. I mean, what you just said, you described, I had one of my mentors in town 
who basically said, Sam, you're good at a lot of things, but like delete everything off the website and just do mastering. Like that is going to be the thing that gives you the platform to then potentially, if you want to return to the other parts of the industry, you may want to get involved with such as engineering or producing or whatever. And I trusted him because he's been in the industry for a long time and it's been true. And I remember like that week, I just sat down, I deleted everything off the internet. I got a new website, new branding, new everything. Moses Mastering launched. And I just decided this is how I'm going to master music. I don't have all the gear. I don't have the best room. And I just told myself none of that matters because what I do know is the way I hear music's unique. I know people seem to like it. And I'm just going to be true to myself because to me, what I ran into was like sustainability, which is so important to me is trying to be like everyone else or trying to be better than, you know, me. Sometimes people are compare my pricing to like Sterling or they're always a being me to other people and comparing credits. And it's kind of like, I don't even fight for that. I had, mm. I mean, I told Matt this past week that I had someone get upset with my rate for the first time who basically was like, who are you to charge this, you know, compared to Sterling? And the guy basically told me why Sterling was better than me. And I just said, damn, okay. Like you came to me for my work and I don't even know. Like, I'm assuming it was a real person and not like a hater, which I kind of was like, maybe this is. Oh, I'm sure it was a real person. Maybe this is like a first hater or or something. But it was the first time. It was so abrupt because they filled out the form and and then basically said, "Who am I to charge what I do or what I charge?" and and I think they were a little off on what they think Sterling charges. Um, But I just I didn't even address it. I just basically said my product's not for you, (laughs) you know? And I think that made him really mad. And then he didn't respond after that. But that's what you have to do, I think, in the industry is basically just say, here's how I can best serve you. Like, now, do you like that or do you not like that? And you'll find people who go, I absolutely adore that. Thank you. You're the perfect fit. And by being the perfect fit, you are better. And then you're going to have people who are going to say, your work sucks. You are the worst. This is not better. You're not a good fit. And that is just kind of how this industry goes. And I've learned to just kind of hold all that with open hands and accept that sometimes I'm a good fit and sometimes I'm not a good fit. And it's not a matter of being better than so-and-so. And people sometimes I feel like ask you know, you and me, Matt, like who's the better mastering engineer? And I think you had that on your Instagram this week. Someone yeah, asked like how, yeah, it's a joke, but it's, you know, people, people like to organize things in the world. You know, that's why we have competitions and championships and winners and losers. And I think there's some value in some of that, but when it comes to something like this, a service oriented business, which we're all in the service industry, And I believe there's an abundance of work and abundance of things to work on because all music is birthed out of nothing. We have unlimited creativity and an infinite amount of potential to make more songs, which means we have more work to work on. And I think there's plenty for everybody, but unless you're 
willing to accept who you are, accept where you are, and take the time. And it may take years. And I feel like for me, it's I feel like I know what I do really well and what I like doing. But I also feel like as I get older, you know, as the years go by, seasons change, things change, people change. And I could see things changing, just like how we watch artists change in their discography. Like, you know, I think about Kanye West a lot, who's one of my favorite artists still. And you go from college dropout to his latest EP, like night and day difference or whatever. You can see there's a person in there who's going, I don't care about being better. I care about getting out my art into the world. And for some people... Kanye West probably has saved their life and for other people they're probably like Kanye West makes the most garbage music in the world and it's like that's just kind of the world we're in and I would love for people to kind of start to view things you know not as better you know is this better but just different and an acceptance that in order for us to progress as humans and as as creatives and to create art and for me to see the music industry grow and expand in creativity and in consciousness and everything, I really feel like we're at a place right now where people are just paralyzed by being different. And they think they're being different by being weird um, and being different for the sake of being different, but they haven't done the personal work of figuring out who they actually are. So they're spending all this energy trying to look cool or wear weird clothes or create strange music or find the strangest samples for the sake of being different when in reality the answer to what they're looking for is already inside them like if they would just to me it comes pretty easy if you take an hour today or sometime this week and just write down what do I like doing what do I like working on what is the sound in my head that I you know I strive to get out and help with clients you know achieve their vision you're going to find a whole list of things that makes you unique. And if you start to double down on those things, those are the, those are the unique parts about you and the business that will definitely make you stand out in a sea of people who are just concerned about what is better. And I just know that in my personal journey, and I feel like, Matt, even listening to you talk, what you described about, you know, your... <coughs> Your obsession, or obsession is maybe a strong word, but your desire to have, you know, the best wiring and the best toggle switches. My masochism. Your masochism. What a fun but word. But it's gear based, not right. not not the other. Way. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Yeah, but that to me is like the very fact that you care about those things. That's you saying this is just who I am, you know. And for you, you do it, and I know you do all of that because it brings you joy and you have a curiosity about it and that's coming from a very pure place. And I know your success, like over the last year or two, since we've been, you know, doing podcasts and becoming peers is like, is because you've really just said, here's what I do and here's what I care about. Do you like that? (laughs) And some people said Uh yes. And some people say no. And I think what I found, you know, that's what I do and that's what I encourage people to do. You're going to you're going to find quickly that you're going to get a lot of no's, but you don't need a lot of no's like or you don't need a lot of yeses to make this thing really work as a business. 
And I think that's where this better comparison and the way the industry is functioning, which to me just seems like a clone machine, um, it's duped everybody into thinking that they have to be better in order to get any piece of the pie of the industry. And in reality, it only takes like 10 clients to make a killing financially. Mm. And that's for like any person at any stage, like producer, engineer, writer. Like if you can get 10 clients in the world to give you work every month, you will have more work than you know what to do with. You'll probably make more than six figures and you will be just stoked because you're doing only the work you want to do. And I think people have missed that simplicity of being different is basically just being you and that you don't need to win over the masses. You just need to be yourself and market to the few people that actually love your music and that you can best serve. And there's nothing more fulfilling as a human to me than being in your lane and operating your business in a way that you know is true to you. And you and everyone listening knows like within a minute if you just sat down and go, am I being someone else? Am I trying to be someone else? Like anyone listening, don't try and copy Matt and I. You can listen to our stories and our if you would like to call it wisdom as people have said we have. Um, just take it and filter it. See if it works, see what works and then you know, make sure you're still being you. There's there's some universal things. I'm super hesitant to say that. Universal things we talk about that are applicable everywhere. But I would just encourage I'd everyone, so. yeah, everyone listening <clears throat> that anything we always say too isn't, you know, we're not trying to be better or different for the sake of being better or different. We're just sharing our experiences. So people that are listening, like, figure out what makes you unique and start your own podcast, start your own mastering company, start your own mix company or do whatever the heck you want. I don't care. But all I know is I've observed the last few years, just people trying to clone each other basically and compete about who is better. And it's just an exhausting, endless race. And I'm watching people um, just, they're just missing out. That's really it. You want to talk about like, to me, maybe the only thing that's real about FOMO of missing out is if you're missing out on your own life because you're trying to be somebody else. And that is just the worst place to be. So monologue three, dropping the mic on that because that felt so good. Damn. Holy cow. I'm done. I'm ending with that. I was going to say some stuff, (laughs) but I don't want to say anything now. I'm just, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's good. What's up? We're done. Let's cue some music. We're done. Yeah, uh, whatever you're having, have a darn good one. That, that don't miss out on your own life. Yeah, shit. That that, that music's been cued. Man, y'all have a good one. Have a good one, everyone. Cue that music, Sam. Cueing. Damn. <laughs>